0: of other good news we had Jessica Hawking the great um is she is the Aston Martin driver ambassador she was signed there I think around 2021 was it yeah so she she did test their Aston Martin 2021 car around the uh, okay. The mics are on and off we go. Hi guys, my name is Winnie and welcome to the Wolfspin Podcast, The Roundup. So today we're going to just do a quick run through of what is happening in the F1 world. And, you know, first on my agenda is to get into what everyone, everyone has been talking about, bubbly, bubbling on about the F1 numbers. So motorsport.com published this graph here, comparing numbers, like social media numbers from 2022 and 2023 from the period of, like, January to me. So, I mean, of course, you can see, like, there's, like, a gaping gap. So, in terms of followers, um, mentions, and reach, and, you know, in the era of, in the modern era of social media, social media does dictate a lot. It dictate. I'm yet to see if it has affected the price or the trading price of F1. So since Liberty Media taking ownership, taking over ownership of Formula 1, it's been trading publicly. So now we are privy to receive quarterly returns of Formula 1. So um, first of all, let's delve into that. So I think the only point, I think F1 will start really thinking about their you know, thinking about the current like situation in F one where we go weekend in, weekend out, we already have predicted like um the winner <laughs> or how the weekend is going to pan out is maybe if it interferes with their revenues or returns. So from last year, um I think I think the numbers I do I have seen is I think from twenty twenty two they made a like um profits in the tune of two point one billion dollars and then there was an increase coming into the twenty twenty two season. Um I think a subtle ink Okay, sort of subtle increase because they made up to two point $2. five billion dollars again. So, so how does F one actually make money? Like, how does Liberty Media through F one make money? How does F one make money? So it does make money from a lot of sponsorships, seeing as F one is like a global sport, like it's been watched. Um. All over the world, we have, we even had F1 sign, like, a deal with ESPN for, like, coverage across the U.S. And we know F1 has really been trying to tap into the U.S. market um, with, like, those broadcasting rights. I think they signed with ESPN up to 2025, and we actually saw, like, record viewership numbers, like, um, across. I mean, of course, now they're reducing, but previously, I think they have been quite... um, comfortable numbers for F1 so I think that's one way not I think I know that's one way F1 makes money is through sponsorship so it's like a lucrative sport for brands like to advertise because of their global reach and the global nature of um F1 um so but uh but now let's get into also how this I mean of course F1 spends money like profits you know how you calculate profits like you know the money you make minus the costs. And there's so no many costs in Formula One. There's a the fright of ferrying like the F one piece F one cars, like the teams ferrying their different car parts. Um to I think DHL is an official partner. So I mean of course there's a course, there's like the driver salaries, there's hospitality, administrative costs. Like for example, you see um I hear like setting up the Las Vegas trip. Um we're going to Las Vegas I think in a few um weeks. Um it's been like mad, mad, mad expensive, and <clears throat> I think talking of one numbers, I think they, they they really have tried to tap into the US market, but I know they're struggling because um, of course it's not been a very um <laughs> it's not been a very entertaining season now, has it? But then I know we keep on saying yeah, like yeah it's boring, but we we'll still we still tune in like weekend in weekend out to so watch, you know, simply lovely Max Max and stuff and take take the checkered flag. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, so I think we have been seeing a lot of arguments on, like, I think online with people saying and, you know, blaming it or Red Bull. I, I don't think that's, like, a stance I would take. Like, I am a Mercedes fan. I am a Lewis Hamilton fan. Um, but I don't think it's a problem for Red Bull that, like, Formula One is not delivering, like, maybe the action that we think we should be getting. Because, for one, I think they... <laughs> I mean, one, they got their regulations right. I mean, remember, again, um, of course, they got the cost cap breach in, like, 2021. Um, The repercussions weren't as, you know, as, you know, as... Come on. This is like a slap on the wrist. Come on. Like, it wasn't that stringent. And then, like, that's why I think FAA coming into 2023 now, like with the 2022 season, seeing that now if you had gone over your budget, they were going to have like some sporting regulations for it to actually make sense, like for you not to be, you know, sporting regulations, that means either losing out points and stuff like that. So I think now that would be more of a pinch to the teams. So, but then 2022, new regulations, Red Bulls got it right. And they did, and they've gotten it right like... um in in every aspect like they have a good contract that performs all round apart from like maybe that normally we had in singapore and them winning so dominantly they have it they they got it right the pit stops are good their strategies like like on par with their car they have like um they have this driver in max verstappen who's not like you know he's relentless like he knows he has to win and he for him like he has to win. So I don't know. um, So for one, I would went. I mean, of course, I think it's something we can debate about, but I don't think we should, I think the blame should not be on Red Bull because again, remember, their success has been built on. We don't even have a proper like number two, like the second fastest um, team on the grid at the moment because I think at the start of the season um, Aston Martins, they started like on such a high and then dwindled and then you had Mercedes. Mercedes is just like it's just somewhere like it's. I don't even know how we are P T, but I mean Lewis has been driving the hell out of those cars and you know placing some number of podiums and you know George Russell. Um, and then we have McLaren now after the upgrades. Um, now they they are running very nicely with the pairing of Piastri and Norris. So um, I think again the success Red Bull did take the win. In Japan, they took their constructors, their sixth constructors, and they have been so dominant, like coming from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three remember again in twenty twenty two at the start of the season, they had reliability issues, and I think that is something that has always ailed Red bull like um <laughs> they always had reliability issues, like but this is twenty twenty three there has been no retirement on reliability issues, none so that means. They came, their success is built on them having a very good car. They have Max Verstappen in their car. They have very talented engineers on the pit wall, strategy calls, a, a very swift, experienced pit crew that delivers weekend in, weekend out with, you know. And again, remember now we have like the inconsistent second fastest team. So that means, again, there's not so much challenge coming to red bull so even if they were to have like a like an off weekend or like a weekend where like they don't get things right strategy pit stop which like is rare like in this 2023 season that means there's no one to pick up the slab or like take up you know take take it up and like you know let's say like like let's deliver so i mean yeah we will bash them we'll say but i don't think it's fair enough to say like oh yeah they have bust up and in fact whatever i mean yeah of course he does <laughs> there's some lackluster in the way he wins like you know I mean yes we get it but I don't think it's a problem for Red Bull because again um, the other teams need to step up there are like other nine teams in the grid that need to look at, but I think these things will only start to affect them if maybe their revenues are affected Um, then maybe they might like you know Think about it, because again, as we've said like i I think if one is i mean it's still at its core it's still a business, like they have to make profit um and as we said like the 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 profits are like you know the cost of cost of investment and cost of investment in terms of i think we've talked about the freight, the ferrying of the car parts so from one country to another, we have driver' salaries, we have administrative costs as we've said, like the you know the whole. Las Vegas trip costing like, you know, a bunch, a bunch of cash. And I think um we have so many races on I think we have like we didn't have like 24 races this this week this year. Like it's everywhere. And I still like personally I will still tune in and watch F1 because there's still some battles I'm interested in and the, the whatever. But what can we really say can be done, like as in so, what happens? do we clamp down on Red Bull development, or like is it other teams to take up the slack like you know put in the work as well like try I know they are working, but then now they need to work even harder to get to 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 Red Bull because I don't think um I thought maybe by the last maybe six races of the of the year at least some teams would be you know you know um taking the fight to Red Bull, like, that is what normally happens, like, in 2020. Remember, coming into 2021, we had marks from 2020, Red Bull, like, performing very nicely coming into 2021. I thought, like, that would be, like, the case as well, but that that doesn't seem to be happening. Um, But we had, I think we had this weekend, I saw Lewis, um, I think we had, like, a two-week break, and I saw Lewis was, like, at Berkeley, you know. (laughs) That's confirmed that they are really working on the W-15. And I hope and I believe that maybe we will, the different teams, McLaren, I'm positive about them. I love the progress they are on. They will continue, you know, try to just chip at that, you know, the gap that the Red Bulls have created. So I do not think it's (sighs) relatively, not relatively, I do not think that Red Bull are to blame for that, maybe. I mean, the lack, you know the dwindling numbers of social media. So what, 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 what do we want them to do? To stop racing or to stop being like, that's their whole mandate of being in F1, to build a first car. Come here, be first. And and I think for them, this is, you know, for them, they are happy they're, they're at the peak of their careers, as a different, you know, individuals who are different different heads of different departments that they, you know, peak because they're performing like at that goat mindset. So anyway... Um, <laughs> So um, I think that's, okay. again, that's like a whole array of, you know, other views that could come in from people as well. So I think the other thing that I wanted to, um, I think, get into was, um, the, I think the other news I did see, like, was Rodin. Rodin is like the shareholder, um, a major shareholder in the Rodin Culling. Like, it's, a, it's I think they have, like, heavy presence in Formula 2. And Formula 2 is, like, yeah, Formula 2 is a feeder series for... F1, so they came out. The I think the chairman or like the yeah yeah I think the majority shareholder, Rodin. Rodin is a New Zealand, New Zealand car manufacturer. So they had placed. I think FIA is receiving bids for applications for teams to be part of F1 for the 2025, 2026, 2027 season. So they you know there was a call for the different people who are interested in getting into F1 to place their bids and we had like the chairman come out and say that their bid was rejected by FIA and now that was not even the only thing so apparently he said they had like a seat reserved for like a female driver and they said they had reserved the the, the 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 seat for Chadwick 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 is the W series like W series was like our all women series that used to run i think it just ran for like 2 years and then died off was it, two years or three, I'm not sure. But she won, like, all through when W Series ran, Chadwick won, like, she's a Brit, Brit racer, Brit female racer. I do not know, I mean, of course, that was exciting to know that they had, like, a seat reserve, but I don't know how they were going to go about, she doesn't have, like, a super license. And we will get into the super license later, explaining how you, (laughs) you can, how drivers get to drive in Formula One. You know, I think, okay, now, fun fact, I think, before, I think the Super License, everyone used to just... Um, I think that is, like, in the nine 90s, 90s. like, um, And I think there's one of the bizarre series we've done, like, was it Monaco, 1982? Actually, the other interesting thing was that there were so many people who had signed up to race around Monaco that they had to do a lot of qualifying because, again, around Monaco, you cannot race more than 20 cars because, again, remember, it's a street circuit. It's quite narrow, and it cannot, you know, afford to have more than 20 cars on track. So they had to go... Qualifying, Like, there were so many people. Who, I think the Formula 1 was so random there. Like, that was, it's madness. Like, I could just wake up because I have money and I feel like I need to drive again around Monaco. And remember, we said Monaco is, like, very prestigious. It forms part of the triple Crown of motorsport. So, you went to be part of it, even though, like, you can win it. Like, try to win it. So, if I had cash, I would just sign up for that Grand Prix and just, you know, drive. So, we had so many cars in that Grand Prix. Grand Prix, but yeah, they could not all race. So we had like, you see the way we have qualifying. So we had like a pre pre qualifying where they were going eliminating people because there were so many people who had signed up for that Grand Prix. So anyway, yeah, so I don't know how they were going to go about the super license for um Chadwick. Yeah. So apparently then he said that Andretti, um the Andretti Global, you know, racing had like their bid was accepted. But then again, I do not know because after FIA like goes through the applications now, it recommends them to F1 for them to decide. We also have another I think team that's interested is High Tech. Um, it's run by I think it's High Tech. It's a I think it's a British um motor racing like company as well. It's backed by this billionaire, a Kazakh billionaire as well. So um, and then there's also by the way like. The fact if FIA like does receive the applications and then like recommend them to F1, so there's this like agreement called the Concord Agreement. I think we've mentioned it in one of our episodes as well. It's like a, a revenue sharing like uh, agreement for the different teams, and also like there's this clause that says like a new team has to come into the when you sign into Formula One like as a new team. Like for example, if we got Andretti coming into F1 in maybe 2025 or whatever, they pay like a fee at $200 million that's I think shared across the teams that are already there so that now they can share their revenues, revenue, the broadcasting revenues or whatever from the first year. So previously you used to come and then not make money I think for the first two years you're in F1, like as a team from like the revenue that the teams share. Yeah, so um, that's interesting. Like, let's see how that pans out. You see, we're going to have like an eleventh constructor on the grade. Let's see, okay, let's see how that you know works out. So I think um, the other news is oh, McLaren. Like, oh, McLaren are on a very good like um, you know um, very good trajectory. Like the the upgrades are working. Uh, the drivers are comfortable. And then we also had PSG. I hope. I am a big Piastre fan and I know he's going to win races. I mean he's been like a rookie on fire. His starts are like, like he's he's such a star. Yeah. So um I think um I'll go back to Japanese. So we had a lot like heavy presence of Toyota at the McLaren garage. We even had um the Toyota chairman, um, Akio Toyota at um at McLaren at the McLaren garage. So the thing is so apparently, not apparently, McLaren were running their wind tunnel, like um, at Cologne, one of Toyota's, I think, wind tunnel. They didn't have theirs. So wind tunnel is where, like, they test their different parts. Like, um, you see the way we can create something, but we need to test it before. Like now, the wind tunnel time before you go on track, you try to see how your different car parts um, behave or interact with, you know, with simulated track conditions, So that's wind tunnel. And that's why we see even like right now with wind tunnel time, like the higher you place, the less hours you get. The lower you place, like as a constructor, then you get more wind tunnel. So McLaren moved their wind tunnel operations now to working. So we thought maybe by then that they were terminating their like, you know, whole um, partnership with Toyota. But we had um, Yo-Ro, yo harikawa they signed like a reserve driver at uh, this japanese driver he's also like i think a toyota driver as well like he's driven for toyota he's a le mans winner like he's i think he w- he's won in le mans i don't know 2020 i i, I am not sure he won with toyota uh so he's been signed as a reserve driver development driver for mclaren and I mean, of course, I mean, of course, they did say it's not like a Toyota thing, but it's just, you know, a driver thing. It's something that they've always wanted for Harikawa to get into, like, the development part of F1, and so apparently, their plans to have him test the McLaren, the McLaren car driven in 2021, and in that same breath of other good news, we had Jessica Hawking, the great, um, his, she is... The Aston Martin Driver Ambassador, she was signed. there, I think around 2021 was it? Yeah. So she she did test their Aston Martin 2021 car around the uh the Hung he the <laughs> yeah Hungaroring. Yeah. So and it was so nice to see. I mean, it's the first time in like five years, like since 2018, that we've seen like a woman drive um a test a Formula One car. And it's nice to actually um see it. So now I don't um I don't know what happens after because she's she'd prepped for it. It was a big moment for her as well. Like, you know, she had been on the seam from last year, you know, getting it getting herself ready to race the Formula One car um to test the formula 1 car and it was like very nice to see it i mean i i i'm just going to focus on the positives like that is like a good development i mean maybe now we can see her in, in more active reserve driver roles like let's see her out in a free practice session because i mean again the constructors are required to run like their new new drivers like their reserve drivers in the different practice sessions and also it can help in you accumulating your super license points so it was nice to see her out. Um, I I don't think we can compare like we can. Com- I know people were asking for like track times. The track times she did, but then again, I'm like, remember this is a twenty twenty one car like, and this is not a track that maybe that was being raced on. So I don't think, even think the times would be fair. I don't think it would be like a very fair comparison to if they release that data to people. But they did. Aston Martin did report that. The numbers were, you know, they were as expected, and they and she excelled at the test, and it's like so, so, so nice to watch it and see it. So we, I mean, it gives us hope that maybe we will get to see more—not more, but at least like a female, a proper racing Formula One female driver. Yeah. So that is a good roundup from me, uh, and I hope you picked a thing or two. Just tell me. I think we can just continue this. um this debate on the F1 numbers and everything in our comments so thank you so much for tuning in and I will we'll see you for the Qatar um, debrief. Bye!